Hey everybody and welcome to the Christmas edition of Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host Matt Russ. Happy holidays to everyone and for the upcoming new year. Uh, I know a lot of people are looking forward to the end of 2020, but I just wanted to honestly tell you we, we love all of you, our listeners and our fans, and uh, especially those of you who have reached out to us um, and our guests who have shared all of their knowledge uh, with us over the last two years. And uh, hopefully they will continue to do so for the next couple of years. Thank you from myself and Carrie and Scott and Dan at Digital Marketing Masters. And today, uh, I'll cut straight to the point. I wanted to talk about something, and that is using email and corporate communications, like internally to your company or maybe between your company and vendors. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this is something just came up. It was a couple days before Christmas, maybe it was Christmas Eve, uh, that this story broke that um, the company GoDaddy had um, been doing some testing with their company and, and, and something really unfortunate happened there. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But first, we should talk about uh, some, some steps for writing effective uh, corporate communication. And I think the biggest thing that I see in internal communication by email or company to company is people over communicate. So you're getting these super long emails with giant paragraphs of text. There's a lot of fluff in them, a lot of like information that's not relevant. And what ends up happening is people are just skimming them. And the important information is getting clogged up with all the other crap that's in the email, right? So you don't want to over communicate. Uh, by email. Good, uh, a good way for you to make sure that you're not over communicating with email is kind of just keep it to the very, very important bits that someone needs to know. And then say, if you need any additional information, uh, you know, we could set up a Zoom call or you can, you know, email me back. You want to make sure that the subject lines in your emails include all of the relevant data that they need. So it's kind of the opposite from the body of your email. Uh, a lot of people put too much in the body and not enough in the subject. The subject line should tell you what it is. So instead of you know the subject of your email being something like uh, meeting, it should be something more like we're going to have a meeting at 10 a.m. on uh, you know January 1st, 2021. So people can get all the relevant information. Another thing you could do in email, and I actually learned this working at Intel, is if you're going to send a message by email that you don't really need to write anything in the body of the email, like something really short, like, yeah, let's do it kind of thing, you can put, uh, yeah, let's do it, and then in brackets put EOM is end of message in the subject line, as long as everybody in your company knows what that means, right? Don't just start doing it out of the blue, because nobody's going to know what you're talking about. Brief uh, and clear messaging is important. When you're in the body of the email, you want to have clear, brief messaging, shorter sentences, not giant blocks of text. Uh, it's also a good idea if you have questions that you need answered to number them. This is something that we learned with our customers uh, from a while back is that we would send out an email and we would have two or three questions in it and they would only answer the last question because uh, everybody's busy, right? I'm not saying that our 
customers aren't paying attention or anything like that, what happens is people go and they read through it and they read the last question and then they go, oh, da 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 da, and they put the answer and they hit send. So you can say, hey, Janice, I need you to uh, answer these three questions for me. Uh, number one, da 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 da, number two, ya da da da, number three, ya da da da. Can't wait to hear your response. Thanks in advance. From Matt, right? You want to be overly polite. You should always have an opening line and you should always have a closing line. So your subject, let's say you're going to tell somebody, let's move on this project. Instead of just sending an email that says, let's move on this project, you would be, uh, hello, Sanji, let's move on this project. Thanks a lot for all your hard work, Matt. You know, so you always have an intro line and, a, and an outro line. And that also helps improve the tone, which is kind of the last thing. People generally think that an email coming from someone who is a work colleague or in a position of power has a negative tone already because they can't see any body language or facial expressions. And uh, so, so that gets extracted when someone's reading, um, you know, usually any kind of corporate communication. So you want to make sure that the tone says something nice and having that opening line and out outgoing or, or outro line will help that you can also you know instead of saying something along the lines of uh, I need your TPS report you know before the my 6 p.m. deadline you can say hey thanks for all your work work on this project uh, I just wanted to remind you that that our deadline for this is 6 p.m. so if you could shoot that over as soon as you got it done uh, that would really help me out thanks it's a good idea to proofread. You know, all proofreading is always a good idea. Go through and just give it another quick once over, right, before you hit the send button. If you're going to be sending it to a lot of people, uh, maybe it's a large company communication to hundreds or thousands of people, uh, you're going to want to have that get proofread by somebody as well as send a test, just one or two people so that they can read it, make sure it looks good in, in the, you know, in their Outlook or whatever their program is that they're using before you fire that communication off to everybody in your company. Now let's get back to the thing that happened with GoDaddy. Because this, honestly, it kind of pinpoints um, the kind of company GoDaddy is. I mean, we moved all of our stuff away from GoDaddy a long time ago. We used to be a, a, quite a proponent of them. We used to use them for a lot of our hosting and stuff before we built our own hosting environment, which we actually built because we had such a negative experience with so many hosting companies, which is how we got into the hosting business in the first place at Hook SEO. What GoDaddy did is it's both smart and stupid at the same time. So what they were trying to do is they're trying to train their employees uh, how not to fall for tricks in phishing emails. And that's phishing like P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. And what a phishing email is trying to get is login information or other information from someone that they can use to break into a company or to uh, get other information that they need to hack a company for some kind of financial gain or revenge or whatever the, the thing might be that they're doing it for. So what they did is they sent an email right before Christmas to all their employees that said that they were going to give them a $650 Christmas or holiday bonus and to click here to get their bonus and then when the employees clicked on it they got a message that said you failed the phishing test basically is how it went and i don't have the exact language and when it became public godaddy apologized for it of course oh we apologize now yeah but i mean this is not a way to test right 
at the holidays. You've got people who are hurting for money. Maybe their spouses or other family members have lost their jobs or had to move in with those employees who still had jobs. I mean, it's just probably, you know, I mean, these people probably have relatives who are sick from COVID or, you know, in some cases may have relatives or friends who have passed away and you're sending them this thing about bonus money and then telling them that they're idiots for clicking on it, right? Like, oh my God, I I couldn't imagine our company actually giving us a bonus. How stupid are you, right? I mean, this is obviously an example of what not to do in corporate communication. If you're gonna do a phishing scam, right, and they're like, well, this is an example of an email that that employees of ours would get. And I mean, sure it is, but like, could you have done something different? You know, like there's a million other things that they could have done than fake promise Christmas bonuses. And then when people who really need it are clicking on it, right, which is the way phishing works, you know, basically slapping them in the face. So uh, GoDaddy gets the award of worst corporate email of 2020. You know, just briefly about phishing emails, you should do some phishing email training with your staff. If you have staff that opens email on your behalf or from clients or the public. And a phishing email, again, is something like like uh, you'll probably see them in your own email account, like your personal email account. You'll get something like your Amazon order has not been shipped. Click here to re-enter your shipping information. And when you click on it, it'll go to a page that looks like an Amazon page. So you put in your login or whatever, and then you're handing your login information away, you know, to some overseas criminal, right? You don't want to be clicking on that stuff. The best thing to do is if you get an email that you suspect to be a phishing email, a lot of times you can just kind of put your mouse pointer over like the link if you're not doing it on your phone, like if you're on a computer. And if the link, instead of like amazon.com, it's like amazon.com.jso.5795350.au.ra slash blah, 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 blah. Yeah, just don't click on it, right? Anything to do with banking, financial transactions, purchasing through companies, instead of clicking on the link in the email, just go to your browser and type in the company. So if you were to say get one from your bank, right? So maybe it's like HSB Bank, or Royal Bank, Scotia Bank, Wells, US Bank, Bank of America, whatever, right? Uh, you get one from your bank and it's like, this is important. You need to update this right away uh, or we're going to block your account or something. You know, just go to the bank website, log in and look for a message from the bank. Uh, don't click on the stuff that comes in your email. And you should be training your employees so that they don't do that either. Because I mean, the last uh, Christmas surprise that you want to have happen is somebody gets a login into something like your finances, or they can get into your computer network, or they can start spamming from your company's email account. All those things are not stuff you want to have to deal with. You know, make sure you and your employees are aware of phishing emails and phishing scams, and uh, it'll keep you safe up into 2021, uh, which is going to be here soon. I'm excited. We're going to wrap up uh, this year's uh, shows with World 2.1, where I have another amazing discussion, hour-long discussion with Phil Palucha from the UK, who hosts a billion and billionaires and boxers uh, television show and also a podcast. Man, we go over the predictions that we had from our episode back in April, 
and uh, see what came true. And then we talk about all the things that were coming up in 2021 that companies need to watch out for. And uh, we already recorded it, and uh, it's in editing right now. It's a really great episode, so look out for that. And everyone have a happy holiday season, and have a uh, you know a wonderful uh, new year. And we'll see you soon.